the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. This is Casey Fields. I'm the manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Here is the latest and the last from the dome to your home, the association's weekly legislative report for the extended session beginning May 20th. The Senate and House of Representatives met last week in extended session on Monday and Tuesday to take up a limited number of bills and conference reports. The good news, Utility Relocation Bill, Senate Bill 401, and Senate Bill 440, the bill that makes changes to the Textile Revitalization Act, were both signed by Governor McMaster and enacted into law. Details of all the bills that were passed during the session will be available in the year-end report at the Municipal Association's annual meeting in July. The year-end report will also include bills that are still active for the 2020 session. If you remember, 2019 session was the first of a two-year session ending next year in 2020, so bills that were introduced or received action this past year in 2019 are still active and leave off exactly where they are for the 2020 session. So, updates on our advocacy initiatives. Senate Bill 217, if you remember that bill, was introduced to give cities the ability to use state and local accommodations and hospitality tax revenue to control and repair flooding and drainage in tourist-related areas. That bill was passed by the Senate early on in the session and sent to the House of Representatives. The bill was referred to the House Ways and Means Committee, where it will be ready to be taken up at the beginning of the 2020 legislative session. So good news on flexibility. Local government fund predictability was another advocacy initiative. H3137 was passed by the House and Senate. It had one small difference in there. They resolved the differences with the conference committee during the extended session. It was ratified and sent to the governor for his signature or veto. And the reducing wait times for new hires, the final budget that was passed by the House and Senate includes an additional $3.2 million in recurring funding for the Criminal Justice Academy to decrease the Academy's dependence on fines and fees and to develop mobile training opportunities. This additional funding can increase capacity at the Academy and decrease wait times for admitting new officers. So great work, everybody, on the advocacy initiatives. We already talked about the local government fund and the two bills that were also ratified and sent to Governor McMaster for his signature. The last thing to talk about is the budget. The Budget Conference Committee met several times to iron out differences between the House and Senate version. The bill was passed. The conference report was passed on Tuesday, May 21st, and sent to the governor for his signature or his line item veto. If everybody remembers, the governor has line item veto power on the budget, which means he can veto one line from the budget instead of the entire thing like he does with regular legislation. So what does the final version of the state budget include for next year? $11.1 million in additional local government fund revenue. That brings the base up from $222.6 million to a new base of $233.7 million. It keeps the credit, the 1% credit, for employers' retirement systems contributions. It has $22 million in non-recurring funds that are provided for a FEMA match for Hurricane Florence last year. We talked about the $3.2 million in recurring funding to the Criminal Justice Academy. This will help officers 
get in the academy quicker, wait times are less. There is $500,000 in non-recurring funding for post-traumatic stress disorder treatment. And there are two provisos that I want you to be aware of. These were in the report and they were in the Senate version of the bill. Proviso 109.14. This proviso protects existing collections programs, but it removes the restriction on processing and specifically permits counties and municipalities to contract with private third parties to assist in the collection of business license taxes, just so long as the business data is submitted to the municipality rather than directly to the third party. This proviso limits contact between private third-party collection entities and businesses to only one instance, and it creates a study committee to develop reforms related to third-party business license collection entities. This bill, this proviso started off completely different than it is now, and thanks to our legislative team, it was negotiated to what it is, which is a lot less harmful to cities and towns. Also, Proviso 117.21 was amended by the conference committee to require organizations that receive contributions from state agencies funded through the state budget to submit certain reports to the state about their organizations and how they use those contributions. No bills this week, last week were introduced that, that affect cities and towns. There were only resolutions either congratulatory or expressing sympathy. You can always get the bills that passed and look at bills that are still in play for 2020 on our legislative tracking system. The legislative team is still on Twitter, so you can check back on Twitter for updates about where we are. Look forward to more podcast episodes where we take a deeper dive into bills that passed and bills that are still pending for 2020 and what action we need you to take in the off season to either stop or advance those bills. Well, that's it for the 2019 legislative session. We all work together great to get these bills passed that help cities and towns. We will continue to work in the off season together and stay tuned for more podcast episodes through the summer and fall. And we'll be back to talk about the 2020 session. Work on the 2020 session begins today. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.